Today is a few things. First, it's Mother's Day. So, very happy Mother's Day to you all. And next, today is the last Sunday in Eastertide. So, it is the last Sunday we can say, He is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. The Exodus story of the Hebrews helps to establish a pattern God uses to save his people from captivity. When we look to that pattern, we discover the main beats of the Exodus story share certain beats with the account of the resurrection. The Exodus story was God's most dramatic act of salvation up until Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and resurrection on Easter. God saved his people from captivity and made a covenant with them. For this reason, it is the defining event in their history. Israel are the people that God freed from Egypt through the Passover, through the parting of the Red Sea, and by destroying the armies of Egypt. God then led Israel to Mount Sinai to give them the laws and the commandments before leading them through the wilderness to the promised land. Now, God could have freed Israel, and he could have skipped Mount Sinai and skipped the wilderness, leading his people straight to the promised land directly. It's only about a 350-mile walk, which could have been done in about a month. But God chose to take his time. He chose to give them the law. He did so because God knew that being delivered from the nation of Egypt made Israel free in the sense that they were on that they were their own nation and were no longer free labor for Egypt. However, the Exodus did not make them free from the human condition of being captive to sin and destined for death. The commandments showed Israel that what it meant to be righteous. It showed Israel a world where people were free from sin, and it showed them that when people are free from sin, the community, the society, and the nation looks different than other nations. This is why in today's epistle, St. James compares the law to a mirror. The law shows us who we are, that we are sinful, that we still sin and fall short. But it also shows us where we have made progress. We see that we have not followed the law perfectly, that we are in need of help. It also shows us that over the course of years and decades, that we have made progress. We sin less than we once did, and we are continually growing closer to God. From the epistle, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. The Pharisees used the law as a way of condemning people on the margins instead of using the law as a tool for drawing people into repentance and therefore closer to God. The law also shows us what our relationship to God should be. It shows us how we are to interact with God and also how to interact with each other. The law also, when followed, transforms society. From the epistle, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Ancient Israel was supposed to be this society, different from the other nations in their love for God and for their love of others, 
especially the people on the margins, like the fatherless and the widows. There was a period of time between when God parted the Red Sea, delivering Israel from Egypt, and when he gave Israel the law. This amount of time was 50 days. And traditionally on this 50th day, after the Passover every year, Israel celebrated a feast called Shavat, which celebrated the day when Moses received the law from God. We refer to this 50th day as Pentecost. The word Pentecost is Greek for 50th and refers to the day after, the 50th day after the resurrection, when God sends his Holy Spirit to us. The pattern God established with the Exodus continues for us today. The Hebrew people were delivered from Egyptian captivity and made free by God's work in the Passover and parting of the Red Sea. We, the church, are delivered from captivity of sin and death by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and mighty resurrection. God had the Hebrew people wait at Mount Sinai for the sending of the commandments, and God had the disciples wait for the coming of the Holy Ghost. Liturgically speaking, we are in this in-between time from Easter to the coming of the Holy Ghost on Pentecost. And like the Hebrew people and the disciples, we are called to be patient and wait on God. The pattern is that God does this mighty deed, freeing his people, but a time of waiting is then required. The Exodus story also shows the pattern of how we as humans tend to act in relation to God in this period of waiting. In this time, Israel was to wait on God, but instead they made a big mistake. They built themselves a golden calf as an idol and worshipped it. The Hebrews forgot what God did for them and thereby forgot who they were. They needed the law to help them remember. After the resurrection, we are told that St. Peter and some of the other disciples went back to their former profession as fishermen in Galilee. The risen Lord traveled back to Galilee to remind them that they were not fishermen anymore, but were essentially called to help establish the church. We have been enjoying a wonderful stretch of feasting in the reality of the resurrection during Eastertide. However, the temptation is to forget where we were before the resurrection and who we are in light of it. Fortunately, the church has recognized the mistakes of the past as well as, and is well aware of the patterns of God and man. The church knows that God asks his people to wait on him in festive seasons. The church knows that God will ask his people to follow the commandments in the good times and in the bad times. And the church knows that we are forgetful. And after a sufficient amount of time, we forget the mighty deeds God has done for us. The more time we put between now and Easter, the easier it will be for us to say yes to the things we ought not to do and say no to the things we ought to do. So the church has given us these readings on this particular Sunday to direct us so that we do not forget who we are in light of the resurrection. From the gospel, quote, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This verse comes from the last time Jesus speaks with his disciples before he begins his passion. Jesus knows that the disciples will be called to wait on him, 
And Jesus also knows that the disciples will likely be tempted to abandon him. Quote, Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. God wants us to ask him for the things that will allow us to follow the commandments. He wants us to rely on him, even after we have been delivered from captivity. This is because not relying on God means we look elsewhere for our needs to be fulfilled, which leads us right back to captivity. The closer we get to God, the freer we are. Not only is this Sunday Mother's Day, and not only is this the last Sunday in Eastertide, this Sunday is also uh, has a special name, which is Rogation Sunday. Rogation comes from the Latin word for to ask, and God wants us to ask him for the virtues we need to follow the commands. The Hebrews, once they received the law, had a long period of time wandering in the desert before they entered the promised land. During this time, they had to rely on God for their survival. God sent down manna from heaven and guided them through the wilderness. God could have delivered Israel to the promised land within a month, but he did not. Israel was not ready to inherit the promise. They needed to grow and learn to be dependent on God for all their needs in the good times and in the bad. And unless they were given an opportunity to rely on God in the good times, such as after crossing the Red Sea, and in the tough times, such as wandering the wilderness, the nation would not have been able to rely on God when God gave them their inheritance. God delivered us from captivity in the resurrection and then gave the church the law at Pentecost by sending his Holy Spirit. Now we are in a period of waiting for God to fully deliver us into the promised land when the kingdom comes in its fullness at the end of time. In the meantime, we are to wait on God and trust him to provide for our needs. Much of the spiritual life is to hear God when he tells us areas we are not fully relying on him to provide, and then to trust him to provide. God says that he will give us anything we ask for. What is meant by this is not that he'll give us the fancy car or the beautiful house, but that he will give us the virtues necessary to keep the commandments. This is how the kingdom comes to us right now in our time. Following the commandments to love God and neighbor necessarily leads to a changed society and community and healthy communities of people who are not enslaved to sin and their own passions. We know from ancient Israel's example that it is not possible for us to follow the commandments on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. The more we pray, the more we are able to receive the Holy Spirit. The more we receive the Holy Spirit, the freer we become and the more joyful we and our community is. In the words of Jesus, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost.